my my first notes on this are just oh man. All right. So, everybody ready? Yep. Yes. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast. I'm Rob. Bum, bum, bum. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. I'm David. So, the Beast Wars are over, and we are moving on to the planet of Cybertron. Where apparently it, they have just like a boom and nightclub scene. Oh yeah, because this is all about the techno. There's just just constant, just constant techno. Uh, even in the intro. So, Beast Machines, just a quick bit of setup here, but we won't tell you everything, because this is the rare Transformers series that starts in media res. Yeah. The characters don't know what's going on, and neither do we. No. So, yeah, this this features a totally... This is uh, another computer-animated show from Mainframe. Uh, different uh, head writers this time. This time it is Bob... Sk- is it Skier? Yeah, I believe so. I believe that is, yes. Yeah, and uh, Marty Eisenberg... They're they're both animation veterans. They've been on a you know they've produced a ton of shows. Marty Eisenberg would later go on to uh, produce uh, Transformers Animated, and I believe Rescue Bots is he involved with Rescue Bots? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That that's a good question. I should look that up on the wiki. Apparently not. No, but he has written for Rescue Bots. Oh. Okay. But he also wrote uh, several episodes of Transformers Prime. Ah, uh, yes, that rings and a bell. I believe Bob Skier also wrote an episode. Yeah, he wrote three episodes of Transformers Prime as well. Nice. So he wasn't the yeah, producer on Animated? He was technically the story editor, which is kind of like the huh. animation equivalent of a showrunner on a live-action show. Okay. Okay. And if, if you were uh, fortunate enough to get a hold of a copy of the Transformers fiction anthology that came out many years ago... Uh, Bob Skier has a Beast Machines-related story in that. Huh. Yes, we, we will definitely discuss that when we get around to the point in time when that story occurs, because it's quite interesting. Yeah. And I believe at least two of us have that. I did. I sold it. It oh. was worth money. <laughs> I've I've still got it, so I can tell you guys all about it. <laughs> all right. So yeah, this first aired September 18th, 1999, uh, written by show uh, co-creators Marty Eisenberg and Bob Skier. The the opening credits, the moment when they're the like flash at the very beginning of the opening credits when they're coming out of the the light, it really really made me want to adjust my aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. It looks like the entire opening sequence is was rendered for sixteen by nine and is being played back in four three. Yeah, Cybertron looks like an egg. <laughs> yeah, and and it doesn't that doesn't seem to be a product of anything in particular, because when the logo shows up, that's clearly the correct aspect ratio. Yeah, and yeah. Then everything else from there on is at the correct aspect ratio. It's just the opening sequence, which the show was actually... Like, this was a thing that was common around this time, where 
they would make a series kind of protecting for 16 by 9, but only really intending to shoot at 4.3. Wow. So that okay. later, if they wanted to remaster it, they could, but they wouldn't necessarily have to, which leads to you watching episodes of Buffy that have been put on DVD in 16 by 9 where a supposedly empty classroom has extras sitting in desks that are just off to the side of the classroom. <laughs> or episodes of Babylon 5 where there's a boom mic clearly visible just on the right-hand side of the camera. <laughs> so I think that might have been what happened here, but okay. it's I'm, I'm really, really jarring and it's going to bug me for the rest of the series. Yeah. I'm really twitchy about aspect ratio, so that just got me trying to find where my ferret hit the remote control. <laughs> I spent 45 minutes trying to re-export this at the right aspect ratio because I thought it was something screwed up with my copy. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and then I found out, no, it's just the opening that's screwed up. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this, uh, this show was originally called Beast Hunters, and it was based on a pitch by a longtime comic scribe, Marv Wolfman. Woohoo! Oh yeah, he also, oh. as I recall, penned uh, The Return of Optimus Prime. Yes. Oh. Known, known for the rage virus where everybody turns red and starts attacking people. <laughs> Put a pin in that one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe he also wrote a couple episodes of Beast Machines. I in believe fact, so. In fact, I think they hired him because they used his pitch, but they didn't hire him to make it. Ah, oh. uh, yeah, that's uh, that's cold. Yeah, so they felt bad, so they hired him. And apparently, because they agreed to make this, uh, Bob Skier and Marty Eisenberg missed out on uh, doing that uh, Avengers series on Fox. Hmm. Aw. Which, well, I mean, I've seen probably that, for the best. I've seen that series. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even watch it at the time. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, it's basically Fox X-Men, but with Avengers, and also they have transformation sequences because they have like suits of armor oh yeah that's Aww, the one with the weird bits of cg great. that are strange yeah and in fact it's just the same voice cast as fox x-men so tigra is just randomly southern for no reason <laughs> even though you that know. actress is i'm pretty sure canadian <laughs> i can tell you this she's not actually southern <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's probably for the best. And uh, this series was... A lot of the weirdness in this series that's going to come up was actually Hasbro dictated. Huh. Interesting. Are, are you sure it wasn't Dan DiDio's fault? Well, yeah, because Dan DiDio was, I think, the head of mainframe at the time. Current uh, DC head uh, was head of mainframe at the time. And Ew. he had all sorts of... Like, he insisted that Bob Skier and Marty Eisenberg disregard previous incarnations of the series as Beast Wars was too continuity-heavy. Uh, so, so what we're going to be, or what I'm going to do? Dio, who later went on to be in charge of DC Comics, criticized Beast Wars for being too continuity heavy. Well, yeah. you see what he keeps doing there, where he keeps telling them to just get rid of all the continuity. Uh, point. So obviously, he just has a problem with continuity. But I mean, this this was certainly a highly anticipated series in the fandom. I mean, you had vehicular Transformers back, and the whole thing takes place on Cybertron, which we only saw tantalizing glimpses of on Beast Wars. Yeah, yeah. this was the, the first real, fully realized CG Cybertron. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll just talk a little... Uh, you know, we get the intro, we get some clips, we get the really weird Beast Machines logo, which is a gear and wings and talons. Yeah. yeah. Lightning bolts in there for some reason. 
it's you know, because lightning. Combining too many thematic things that aren't actually in the show itself. I mean, we get a bird later in, like, the second season. Yeah, later. What? <laughs> Much later. Uh, we we get a bat. Dude, uh, do, no. don't, don't. <laughs> don't. Not just yet. don't. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in due time. Yeah. Honestly, you know the Beast Machines logo kind of reminds me of a pro wrestling title belt. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, like, fascist iconography. Well, well, that too, the yes. lightning falls in the eagle. <laughs> yeah. And so, appropriately, we start the intro with, by God, that's Left Field's music. Because it is uh, Fat Planet by the band Left Field, which was like, like a pre-existing piece of music. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you hear it in like commercials, and I definitely heard it in an episode of CSI. <laughs> There's going to yeah. be a lot of it. There's going to be a lot of it. Because, like I said, Cybertron is apparently like the the dance club because yeah we just start out immediately with the fat planet i would like to note that it's fat with a ph well of course because this is 1999 (laughs) oh yeah yes this is post the matrix which is definitely going to come up later (laughs) yeah i mean actually it's kind of amazing the turnaround on this because matrix was uh what like may or april 1999 Mm -hmm. And this is September 1999, and this is, certainly aspects of this pilot are very Matrix-influenced, and we're going to get some very Matrix-y visuals later on. Yeah. What? So that's an impressive turnaround. Could have been just something in the zeitgeist, like... Yeah, that's true. Dennis the Menace in America and Dennis the Menace in the UK came out the same week in the same year from... Or uh, or Swamp Thing and Man-Thing. Yeah. Which yeah, they were what a month apart or something. Yeah. So yeah. things or uh, X Men and Doom Patrol. They could have just been stealing, but it, it could just be it's the nineties. I mean, there's some stuff in here that's like not now, but in a couple episodes, that's definitely stolen from the Matrix. Oh yeah, well a few episodes. <laughs> yeah, maybe, of course. They would. Yeah, by then they had time to see the Matrix. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we open up. It's it's metaphorical flower time. Yay! It is perhaps an inadvisably too far close-up shot on that flower. Yeah, that's yeah. Like it, it's a little awkward. Yes. Like as we pan out, it is a gorgeously modeled and textured flower, but they're up close enough that it looks kind of bad. Yeah. yeah. Which is a thing that happens every once. In a while. Sometimes the the um textures are a little pixely in odd spots in close-ups. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, but, like, I, I, we're looking at it like a Season 1 Beast Wars kind of flora, and then we pan out, and holy crap, that looks like something out of a Pixar movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Because the, the animation takes a leap from Beast Wars in Beast Machines. It looks amazing. Yeah, it, it's significantly better. And part of that may be that, you know, in Beast Wars, they were using a lot of the same environments for a long time. Uh, so I'm sure by Season 3, they were still using some Season 1 you know, environmental assets. And part of it is just that it's very, very heavily textured. Mm-hmm. The the texture is very detailed. Well, there's also a matter of Moore's Law. Yeah, there's that too. The number of transistors you can fit on a processor roughly doubles every 18 months. Yes. So stuff that was prohibitive to use in all but a handful of situations in... Beast Wars Season 2 is now stuff that they can just throw all over the place willy-nilly. And mostly by that, I mean dynamic lighting and shadows everywhere. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. 
But no water, because we're on Cybertron. We get some yeah. water l- much later in the series. Eventually. I guess that's true. And also some goop. <laughs> get ready for yeah. goop. And I don't mean the Gwyneth Paltrow kind. Do you mean the uh, the like Nickelodeon branded stuff sold in the early early nineties? No, you're thinking of Gak. <laughs> oh, I am thinking of Gak. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, and racing over this flower is a gorilla, and it's a kind of weirdly brownish Optimus Primal in his season one body. Yay! Yeah, it, and what? it looks like it does look like. Again, I mentioned the the texturing on the CG models. It does look a lot like just with with him and the others who show up. Like they took those original models and re, redid the texture to make them fit in more with the art style of Beast Machines. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It also it also looks like they've done something with the rendering engine to uh, kind of smooth out some of the more polygonal edges on the models, which has a bit of a strange look to it, but maybe only because we've just watched three seasons of Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone looks slightly smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Higher polygon counts. But not and necessarily he... higher detail, so adding more polygons just kind of makes it look plasticine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he and he is being pursued by Viacons. Uh, specifically <gasps> tank Viacons. And this is exciting. These were the first new vehicular Transformers we'd seen on television since, like, 1987. And one of them and crushes a flower because symbolism. Yep. Symbolism. And, and I feel like much in the way that when they started doing Beast Transformers, it took Hasbro a little time to get used to what a good Beast name is. You get that with these guys. Now, they don't... We're, we're not to the ones that have names yet, but if you remember the toys and such, the, the names were generally not great. I don't know. They're yeah, simple so, and they're effective, but he, he's just a giant tank drone Cylon. Yeah, yes. they're, 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 they're very Cylon. They've got the, the scanning eye thing. And the, and the Viacons are great designs. I mean, they're probably the most alien vehicles we'd had up to that point, and maybe, maybe oh. still are. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, there are some movie designs that are more alien, but... That's true. I mean, and they sort of have heads in vehicle mode because they don't have to disguise themselves as vehicles. Yeah. Yeah, which is a, a definitely a cool little detail sort of theme. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he's running, he fights. The we we get new explosions now. They're no longer uh, household item explosions uh, filmed in the uh, mainframe parking lot, but they are actual like animated explosions. And they don't so much explode into polygons. No, they're they they look very they're you know, fireballs. They look neat. They yeah. look almost volumetric. They don't look real, but they look really cool for yeah. not being real. They're, they're yes. like expanding, glowing balls of cotton candy. Mm. I, I seem to recall fans at the time describing them as looking like pudding. It's <laughs> <laughs> mm, weird. Pudding. Pudding, pudding, orange pudding. Guess it's, so. it's like if you were launching lava balls that expanded. Yes. Yeah. It, it's a really it's it's a weird effect, but a neat effect to give. Explosions volume, and they last. Also, there is already techno playing yeah. as this chase occurs. And it's the same composer from Beast Wars, but it's definitely, I guess, fitting the Cybertronians' uh, setting very techno. I, I really love this score. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's good, but it's very 
of its time, I would say. Well, yes, I, you did make me feel like uh, waving some glow sticks around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I miss the rock, but it, it totally works for the setting. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Primal starts, he, he can't transform. Whenever he tries to, it uh, gets electric shocks. Oh, he's getting electric shocks even without that. And, like, there's one shot where he's cornered, and they're waving their flashlights over him. And, like, it's generating multiple shadows behind him. And then he starts electric shocking, and that's also lighting him. And it's just like, guys, stop showing off! (laughs) (laughs) You have dynamic lighting and shadows now. Awesome. Like, last last season was water. Now it's lighting. Yeah. Guys, guys, look what we can do. Hey, hey, look. I was impressed with the can't transform sequence because we start to see bits and pieces of his uh, robot mode kibble. Or robot yes, mode was bits, neat. I guess, would be the technical term. So yeah. they put some real effort into that. Yeah. I yeah. almost would have expected him to just not work like most of the other people do. Mm-hmm. So suddenly his eyes start glowing and he gets like weird mystical visions guiding him to a monorail. But that's after hitting the monkey bars for a workout. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll meet you at the monorail. <laughs> What's that word? Monorail. And he does meet someone at the monorail. Yes. It's it's our old pal Rattrap who also cannot transform. Yes, and who Rattrap's, is hiding. Rattrap's immediate reaction gives me so many questions because his first response is find your own hiding place which means he assumes that A there are other people on Cybertron but him and B that they aren't all just vehicons trying to kill him yes yeah. so what made him assume it would be someone else trying to bite off his hiding space I guess that, he knows that a vehicon wouldn't, wouldn't find like, him there him huh? point and he does recognize uh, Primal after a bit, but it's it is kind of yeah. weird how. Brad well, it's also here that we realize that they know that they both have no memory of what's going on. They just know that they were on their way back from uh, prehistoric Earth, and now they're just kind of here. And Rattrap is also in his season one beast mode. Yeah, and no one seems to address that. None of the transmetals are. I mean, all of them were transmetals. The only one who didn't get transmetaled from the first season who survived was uh Rhinox. Wait which... who? I, I I don't I don't know him. <laughs> Sir not <laughs> appearing yeah, in this know. film. Sir not well, appearing in this episode. Yes. Spoilers. And maybe there was another guy with him. Don't remember him either. He was also maybe Sir something or other. Let, let's yeah, let's yeah. try not to spoilers things that happen. <laughs> I I think more people have seen Beast Wars than have actually seen Beast Machines. So, and there are some yeah, important twists is... that come out later. Let's try and save mm-hmm. them as long as we can. Well, the notable thing here is that they were transmetals, and yeah. they are not anymore, and no one yeah. seems to notice this. Yeah. And this scene also, ha- again, showing off with the train and the lighting cycling through it. It looks super good. But also, yes. Rat Trap's new textures seem to have more texture to them than Optimus's do. Optimus just kind of seems painted on. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't look like monkey fur. It just looks like... It just looks smooth. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's weird looking. looks smooth. <laughs> so, Primal decides his mystic visions have compelled them to leave, but uh, Rattrap doesn't want to, but 
luckily they do hop out be- right before the train explodes. Good timing. Good timing. And good yeah. timing because hey, here's Cheetor. Yay! Cheetor is useful. also he's got a lot more eyeshadow now. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's got a little goth. Che- Cheetor's texture <laughs> is the most noticeably different because, well, all the heavy eyeshadow and his spots are weirdly different. They're they're kind of outlined. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense that he's having wearing more eyeliner. I mean, he went through puberty, so now he's in his awkward goth face. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he does his. He is still Ian Corlett, but he is playing the voice a little deeper here. Yes, yeah, he is. He, he's he's lost a bit of the squeakiness of Cheetor, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Aw, he's not quite as Goku as he used to be. <laughs> and so he he manages to uh, you know mess with the drones a little and trick them into uh, destroying one of the other one of the other Viacons. Which, and they, they don't speak, they don't react at all to having killed one of their own, so, you know, spoilers, these are drones. Yes. Like, they're, they're not alive, really. Yeah. See, so yeah, Rattrap notes that uh, Cybertron has changed a little since they were there last. Yeah, they got all these new nightclubs. <laughs> they installed speakers all throughout the city. And so they're, but, you know, they're more tank, uh, tank drones coming, so they just flee into a hole guided by Primal's mystic visions, and they uh, fall into a spider web. Yay, Spider-Man lighting! Because here's the fourth and final member of our cast, Black Arachnia. Yay! And she's so disappointed to see them. Yes. <laughs> well, she at least pretends to be. I mean, she she is entirely the kind of character who would just act like that. You know, because, but yes, they they show up and she comes down out of the shadows and she goes, oh, it's you. Is it just me or is she a lot purpler than she used to be? Yeah, she looks more blue. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I think agree. it's the retexturing, sort of. Yeah, and to be fair, Cheetor's retexturing and Black Rackney's retexturing both seem to fit thematically with stuff that's going to happen later this episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... Once again, Primal is guided by visions and decides that they need to go deep. Deep. And this conveniently placed sewer hole. (laughs) Yay! And as they go, they pass through the ruins of uh, previous Cybertronian civilizations. And I I really love this. This is neat. Oh, it's such a cool sequence. They look so gorgeous. It's a really cool visual. They're fantastic wallpapers. Yes, for computers. Oh, really like the the one that looks like ancient Egypt. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I was thinking more Incan, but yeah, very pyramid. I mean, you know, there there are pyramids. I and this is stuff that's never really been expo- been uh, explored in subsequent Transformer stuff. I'd like to see that. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the first one they pass through has more circular and stuff, which kind of makes me think a little bit more of G one, more cylindrical yeah, buildings. I, I, that's also kind of greenish, so it makes me think kind of like I don't know Lovecraft. Yeah. Non-Euclidean. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I love how they're kind of out of focus and silhouetted, but still occasionally crackling in the background. Hmm. Yes. yes. It's just yeah. such a cool look. It reminds you just enough that they're still there while letting the audience focus on the cool backgrounds they set up. As they're yes. crawling down Black Arachne's thread, how much thread can she produce? They're, they're climbing down for like well, what seems like hours. About that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because yes. we do reach a limit. And it's kind of a neat touch that Cheetor can't climb by himself because he doesn't have opposable thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. So he's just got to hang on to Primal. Aww. And so Poor they're kitty. they're all just kind of shutting down. You know, this virus is killing them. Or what is 
wiping their operating systems? Yeah, yeah. I think I wrote that down. They, uh, their our operating systems will shut down. I'm like, you know, when when you're turning off the computer and it says Windows is shutting down, that's not really how they mean it. <laughs> I mean, maybe that doesn't mean they're going to die necessarily, but I mean, then they'll just be easily killed by these vehicles. Yeah. I suppose. So yeah, they 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 fall down and they just reach. You know, there's nowhere. It's just dark. There's nothing. There's just some chunks yeah. of rubble around. They reach the darkest pits of Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very is, dark. It's yep. very pit-like. They are likely to be eaten by a group. Exactly. Yes. And then Primal is Primal is not going to give up, and he just picks up a chunk of rubble and just hucks it. Yep. And it shatters something, and then holy Pacific data, Batman. He punches a hole through reality, and reality sets <laughs> on fire in response. Yes, he yes. he throws a brick, and he throws a brick through reality. Yeah, into the darkness. It's like in the pit. He throws a brick and summons the inferno. Just fire everywhere. Fool, pain is his friend. Wait, no, he's not in the show. <laughs> no. Oh, and then uh, he walks up to the fire and touches it and because that's D&D rules he successfully disbelieves the illusion and it vanishes. It turns into space. <laughs> and there are a bunch Yay. of clear floating blobs and they're actually in like this chamber that turns out to be the Oracle. An the what now? Le- it's an ancient legendary supercomputer. Oh. Which lost a lawsuit against Google recently. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's... It, it's... Uh, this is one of those things that it's like, you know, that, that thing. It's like, no, that's not a thing that previously existed in Transformers fiction. Yeah, no. It, well, it, it kind of is, as we're going to find out in a few episodes. Eventually, I yeah, but, but right now it's like, no, this is completely new knowledge Oracle. What is this giant Stargate <laughs> thingy? Where did this come from? And, it does and, look like a Stargate. And, and then, wait. What is with those clear blobs, anyway? I guess they're water. You know, they're just blobs. I mean, they look cool. Yeah, kind of. They were watching more of those uh, in the mind's eye videos, I guess. Some new ones would come out. Yeah, this definitely looks like a trapper keeper I had circa 1999. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and yeah. one of them. Wait, is it? Is it oh, who says it? Foretold the coming of the first Transformers to Cybertron. Is what oh, Optimus says that because he's the one who got to read the story Bible before getting trapped on Cybertron. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. So he says that about this Oracle. The the coming of mm. of the first Transformers was foretold to who? And where did they come from? Yeah, it's like yeah, this 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 sort of throwaway line of dialogue is like d- confusing to what we it, know about Transformers history from anything previous. Like it it, like, it made sense. my brain short out a little bit. Yeah, because it, oh, it's just so weird. Because the basic story of well. In the Marvel comics, anyway, it was Primus, giant god thingy, comes to Cybertron, turns a rock into a terraform mechanical planet, starts spouting out little baby Transformers. Eventually, they learn to transform over time. Well, don't forget the original Marvel origin, which is that they evolved from naturally occurring pulleys and gears. Oh, well, well, which is still kind of the same (laughs) thing. It's like... There was already a mechanized planet, and Transformers just came out of it. And if the yes. Oracle was there before, and it foretold Transformers coming, 
Although, who the hell is it telling? Which means that... Who did... What? I'm confused by this one sentence. Maybe just when the Transformers got there, it was like, oh yeah, I knew you guys were coming. <laughs> yeah, Called that's, that's kind of what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. like. The Oracle's like a magical bullshitter at this point. And I might stick <laughs> yes. with that theory. Yeah, and, uh, it just kind the... of go- looks at Optimus and goes, oh, you'll drink the Kool-Aid here, have an acid trip. <laughs> And the Oracle, I will note, is voiced by Elizabeth Carol Savinkov, who was the casting director for uh, Beast Wars and this show. And I believe uh, she was also the Predacon computer. Ah, yes. Which you can't really tell in this one because she's very heavily synthesized. Yeah, heavily synthesized. And and doesn't doesn't the Oracle say, finally, like something like a finally a receptive mind has approached or something? Yes. Something like that. Okay, you'll buy this. Yeah, you'll buy this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, finally, I got a hippie hey, look, follower. Yes, cool. I found so, a, yeah. I found a sucker. <laughs> so yeah, Primal goes in, and it's all sorts of crazy visions. It's it's like the end of two thousand one. Well, yes. You know, it actually does remind me of like the back in what was the episode Spark when um or no no what was the episode where Rhinox went into the thingy in the Spark oh, thing? Was um, it to get Primal back in? The beginning oh, uh, of coming season? of the Fusors. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that with like yeah, lots it is kind of like that. Well, because it does say he is uh, he is communing with the Matrix, the which and the Allspark. Yes, the uh, the Allspark, which I think it says are the two same things. And which, that is the first sure. mention of the Allspark. Oh, it is. I yeah. think it is. Yeah. I, yeah. I I recall. You know, I I hadn't remembered that specifically until. It showed up in the show, and I remembered, oh, yeah, that was a concept from Beast Machines. For one thing, because there were a lot of people in the fandom, of course, really hating on Beast Machines for reasons that, you know, because of the cycle of fandom. <laughs> and uh, and so it was amusing at the time that, say, one of the, the biggest message boards was named after a concept introduced in this thing that everyone hated. Oh, right, yeah. And yes, you well, are correct. It this was... Is... It was named in a thing that everyone kind of hated at the time. I mean, the concept does have its seeds in, like, a G1 cartoon saying, till all are one is a catchphrase. Yeah, it, it works with what we already knew about the Matrix. It, it sort of slots right, and in I think perfectly. The, the Allspark is now the thing that Rhinox was going into in Coming of the Fusors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the Allspark, kind of the Matrix. That's... Mm. Matrix, you know, anyway, there there are a bunch of sparks, and we also see what appears to be an organic planet being transformed into Cybertron. Yeah, which I... So that does kind of fit with that whole planetary origin thing. Yes. Which will come back in a few episodes. Yeah, that'll come back. Uh, The first robots came to Cybertron, they had to learn to transform. Oh, you missed the giant string of uh, pseudo... Spiritual platitudes. Oh, you mean the line? Yeah, it's basically the future lie buried in the past. Yeah, to Oracle the just... warrior within, you must tame the beast without. Transform and transcend. It's just a bunch of motivational poster sayings. There is no yeah. spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if I told you? Yeah. So yeah, Primal is taking the red pill uh, pretty hard here. Yes. And so it's it's time for his reformatting, and so he comes out of this computer, and he looks uh, weird. 
He looks hideous. I, I, yeah. I, I kind of like, like that. Yeah, one. I'm, I'm with it. I, I like I, the head. The head actually, he looks more like an actual gorilla, a silverback now. It's just yeah. the, some of the tech greeblies that now he's, what is it? What are they called? They're not trans tech. What are they? Is there a term techno for what they organic. are? Techno organic. Okay. Yes. Some of the techno organics are just kind of weird. The way his face is separated from his body kind of reminds me of transmutate. Yeah. Like in the way they were trying to make transmutate look creepy. And also the the robotic armor kind of accentuates his uh, gorilla moves. (laughs) Yeah. But I I like this look. I like it. I do like it overall. If it weren't for the head, I think I'd like it. I like the head and the weirdness of the neck. The the arms bother me the way he turns them and, and the way the texture bends on it. It's strange. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole movement situation is weird, because, I mean, they are techno-organic, so they don't quite move in the way that, say, Beast Wars characters moved. Yeah. Or they've clearly defined joints. Like, when they were trans-tech, they were misshapen cyborgs, or trans-metals, they were misshapen cyborgs. Now they're integrated, their mechanical bits into their organic-y bits. It's a nice yeah. idea. Not every bit they're works. Techno-organic. They, they, yeah, they've restored the balance. It's like and if so, Transmetal 2s didn't look like horror creatures who were all <laughs> asymmetrical and, like, they weren't supposed to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. These look so primal, deliberate but weird. So Primal is all, hey, everybody get in the Allspark. You you won't die and you'll come out <laughs> looking all crazy. It'll be great. Yeah, get in there and then come back so you and can so, have a shot from the opening. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But in the proper aspect ratio so this time. Yes. Hey. All right, and so we've got Cheetor, who... Cheetor looks pretty good. I like, yeah, che- I like the Cheetor model. Cheetor looks great. I think he's the best looking out of the four. Y- yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, rat Trap looks kind of gross, like more like an actual rat, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And like he has uh-huh. skin missing, because the red bits all just kind of look like exposed muscle. Yeah, like, awesome, yes. I kind of like his little gloves, but there are bits of the rest of them that just don't work. He's kind of the weirdest of the bunch. His his Beast Wars model did it was a little more mouse like in proportion than rat like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, his mice, mice are, are kind of cute. cute, whereas rats are gross. No, they're not rats. I I have had pet rats and yeah, rats. Okay, well, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's a pet rat. I'm talking like Rat Trap looks like a sewer dwelling New York subway rat. <laughs> he looks oh, like okay. he's equipped to train a turtle to do kung fu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He has taken all kinds of pieces of pizza. <laughs> yes. But yeah, he's definitely teaching somebody to be a ninja teen. And then yes. Black Arachnia... Actually, I guess that's kind of Primal's job in this. Yeah. That's a good point. And then Black Arachnia looks appropriately creepy for a spider with the she... gigantic, long, spindly, daddy long legs legs and weirdly only having six eyes now in beast mode. <laughs> and yeah. also she's pink... Well, shades of purple yeah, and magenta, all... and I don't know the, the way her legs are just so huge. I really like that visual. It is yes. kind of uh, it. It does feel color wise a lot like her Transmetal Two form, which you know they yeah. have otherwise completely decided to ignore. <laughs> yeah, and now they have these rad new bodies. Oh no, motorcycle drones are coming. They better transform and fight them. Time for more techno. Bump it up, bump it up, bump. And uh, I'll also note here that I really like the design of the uh, motorcycle drones as well. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah. 
They're okay. I I have a really hit or miss relationship with various motorcycle transformers. Well, these are guys I mean, who are, I'm okay with these because they're not like human motorcycles. No, they're not designed to be ridden. They're they're like Tron vehicles minus parts. They're they're just yeah. wheels to deliver gunfire. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's oh. fair. As I have the episode kind of running in the background while we're talking about it, and as they line up to dramatically transform and fight them, we get a shot of a really close-up shot of Cheetor's face in beast mode, and he's got like awesome-looking whiskers and oh yeah, some I, I really nice that. fur detailing that you don't necessarily notice not close-up, but he looks so good. Yeah. Yes, and also he's got purple spots now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because because of reasons. And then we get another look at. Primal's kind of fist armory stuff, and l- the more I look at it, the more I think, oh, this is some gear from World of Warcraft. And the color scheme is like golden blue. Yes, it's, it's, it's huge and has random glowy bits for some reason. Maybe some floating crystals on it somewhere, because you're a mage. Yep. And it's very vanilla WoW, because the way the textures kind of warp as his body moves. Yes. Yes. So yeah, they they all get ready. We get get the maximize. We're all ready for the dramatic transformation, and nobody transforms. (laughs) Womp womp. (laughs) Oops. It's a nice subversion. Yes. I had a nice giggle at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not so dead, yeah, but you still can't it. transform. <laughs> yeah, so now they realize that, you know, it might take them years to learn how to transform. <gasps> oh, no. Which, you know, we we don't have years. And also, you know, come on, guys. Hasbro has to sell those toys. Let's get on. <laughs> let's chop, chop. Come on. So they're just going to have to fight them as beasts. And so the, you know, they separate. Uh, I really like Black Rachnia's beast mode run cycle because she's just kind of crazily scampering with all those legs. Yeah, she, oh, it's yeah. great. It's her gait is almost hopping. It's it's wonderful, but it's just so weird. I mean, it looks like no spider. Yeah, I don't think possibly. spiders actually walk like that. Maybe she's jumping she's spiders. She's built more like a uh, like a harvestman or a, a daddy long legs, which is not technically a spider. It, it isn't. Oh, hmm. no! It only has one body segment and has no spinnerets. Oh, oh. poor little fellow. Welcome to the science corner. I took invertebrate biology in uh, university. Oh. So yeah, they they fight them. Uh, rat uh, rat trap just kind of jumps on one and kind of chews it up. <laughs> Although first they jump off a cliff and then the other ones jump off a cliff way further and don't fall on the conveniently placed cliff just underneath the first cliff, and so they jump into the bi- giant bottomless pit. <laughs> Yes, it's kind of neat. They one uh, set of vehicons lines up as like ramps for the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> they're working in tandem, which is yes, kind of makes their their massive numbers more frightening. And I also like the really the way they bounce as they're going down the uh, oracle steps. A lot of thought has gone into the show. It's really nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was there a lot of thought that went into Rat Trap crawling up a wall like Spider Man? I mean, rats can kind of do that. I guess. Uh, you know, they're like squirrels. <laughs> Except they, they have the plague. <laughs> they don't all have so much plague. rat hate. I think so that's not uncommon. <laughs> no, it's not, no, It's not whether it's uncommon, it's whether or not it's justified. Yeah. I'm I'm just here to defend the weird stuff. That's That's what I'm here for. 
And yeah, Cheetor uses his crazy super speed to kind of pounce on them. Yeah, to Oh yeah, he just starts wall jumping back and forth until he's fast enough to just jump straight through the Viacom that's chasing him. Yes. And Black Arachnia catches hers in a web and then goes in to eat it? I think she's going to eat it. Yeah? She's been learning from Tarantulas. Yeah. Well, they have become more animalistic now. And they seem to be more okay with Black Arachnia being kind of creepy. Yes. And then Rat Trap jumps onto the back of one of them and... Like, uses his mouth to pop off the tire guard and then just clamp his jaws down on the tire until it stops. Ouch. Which, yeah, that... Ow. I mean, rats do have very durable teeth. Yeah, supposedly they can chew through steel, given enough time, but... Yeah, so like a dog-sized rat, like uh, Cheetor, I can buy that. A dog-sized yeah. rat with metal teeth? Or, like like yeah. Cheetor? Yeah, oh, yes, like Cheetor, you know, who turns into a rat, obviously. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Alright, so Primal is, you know, just kind of using his gorilla strength to beat up some uh, Viacons. But then he gets shot and falls into a bottomless pit. And then he accepts death, which lets him finally transform. Yes, he must, he tames the beast without to release the warrior within. And so he transforms into his new robot mode, and again, I like the design of this. I'm not sure we can actually call it transforming because it's just well, no, kind of morphing. <laughs> yeah, it seems just... like a it seems like a really poor concept to use for a transforming robot show toy line. Yeah, it's yeah. almost more of a magical girl transformation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although you know they they put some sound effects over it, like mechanical sound effects. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. I wonder if that was a post-production thing from Hasbro. It had because to be because in later episodes, the transformations are more mechanical. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then, I I agree with you that the body design for ro- his robot mode looks cool, but there's one huge problem with it. Nothing That's about cool. that design says Optimus. <laughs> yeah. No. Not really, no. Other than well, I don't know. I, I see it in the head, and he's got he's got the shoulder pads like his uh, season one incarnation. He's kind of got the uh, the optimal Optimus hands. Yeah, but but his color scheme is more optimal Optimus. He's orange. He's a lot of orange, which doesn't say. And he's got the back jets. Optimus, yeah, he, but he doesn't have Prime. any Optimus Prime to him. Yeah, no. the, like he doesn't have any. Uh, pointy bits on the side of his head. head. Crest, he, doesn't he doesn't have, have the antenna. anything implying the uh, faceplate, even though Optimus Prime always had the face on the faceplate. Yeah. But... At least I if mean, he I... still had, like, the antenna thingies or something. I mean, I think the head looks enough like his old beast mode that it uh, it kind of works. I guess. It's just... Huh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it like really a design any... that's primal without being Optimus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a color scheme change from his beast mode now. That well, there's still a lot of the the me- mechanical or uh, goldish parts on it, but it just it, it, where's the black and the silver from his back? Uh, um, question mark. <laughs> I think there there's definitely more of a disconnect from the toys in this series than there was in Beast Wars. Yeah, yeah even more than season one. Oh, yeah. I think here they were actually working in advance of the toys. Right. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, because there, there's no primal toy that looks like his beast mode in this. And that's kind of the part I like better. I mean, air attack is pretty close. Really? With that big head? The, the really big one. Oh, I guess. I haven't really seen the big one. Huh, that it's, one's it's not bad. It's very good. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's too big, but it's very good. Isn't that one the one that wasn't released until Robots in Disguise? Yes. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah, he's also got new powers, because he can just absorb the energy of the blasts with his forearms, and then fire it as a blast out of his chest. Yeah, he, he's got Dragon Ball sure. powers now. He has mastered Zen in the art sense. of monkey training. Well, he hasn't mastered it, because then he just transforms back for no apparent reason. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's about to uh, administer a little Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance on these cycle drones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's trying to interrogate them with, you know, who sent you? Like, what the frick is going on here? Yeah. And then he, he gets their people. He gets angry and transforms back against his will. And Aww. unfortunately, gorillas cannot fly. Aw, he thinks he's people. <laughs> he thinks they're people. Yeah. And, and also, he says, as he transforms, he says, I am transformed, which is kind of a, a mantra on this series, which is yeah. weird. It's again, a very came from Hasbro. Huh. I'm okay with that. I mean, by all accounts from what I've heard, Bob Skier is a big hippie. <laughs> so you definitely get the feeling for that in, uh, in this series. It may have yes. been a request from Hasbro, but they asked the right guy to do it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, he's... You know, they've, they've driven the Viacons back, but... They still need a lot of answers, and three-quarters of them can't transform. So Primal tells them they must relearn to transform, and their training begins now. Training. And by now, we mean next episode. Yes. Yeah. But meanwhile, somebody else is is watching from uh, from a darkened room. Yes. A maximal signature was detected, and we pan out from a monitor to the back of a head with... Weird pipes and tubes thumping into something. Well, we we have to assume it's a head. And like shrouded in a metal cloak. Yes, it's a giant yeah. metal cloak. And the camera pans around and slowly focuses on the face of the character whose voice is really familiar. Sounds like David Kay? Oh, it's you definitely even, David Kay. <laughs> you don't even get a good look at his face. It's mostly just his glowing eyes because most of his face is still in shadow. Yeah. Although we did get a shot of him in the opening, which was weirdly slow motion, so... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we can... We can just say, this is Megatron. Yeah, it, 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 there's yes. no getting around this one. It's definitely Megatron. He's shrouded in a big cloak thingy. I mean, it's David Kay, but it's it's obviously Megatron, so he... Yeah. It's, it's, and it's David Kay, and it's not exactly David Kay doing, like, his animated Optimus voice. <laughs> no. No, and... Although his He's animated doing Optimus his voice is basically just his voice. Yes, yeah. but that's what I mean. He's he's doing the Megatron voice. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a little less uh, theatrical than uh, Beast Wars Megatron. I don't know about yeah. that. And he's he... sitting in a dark room by himself, pontificating <laughs> about the corruption of organics and the taint that's running across Cybertron because these maximal animals are there. He's still a little bit theatrical. Well, yes, I mean, he's just not he's just not doing the yes thing anymore. Yeah, no, no, he he's more. Classic spouting villain. 
Well, not even spouting. They're just like plotting. They're mongrel beast forms. Yeah, so he's gotten real interested in purity these days. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. baffled by that sudden change to zealotry as his mo. I no. the sudden. Well, what we see is kind of a sudden change. It it does seem sudden because we didn't see him arrive back on Cybertron. Spoilers: he gets there before the Maximals, but we'll get to that later. Well, I mean, causality does imply that. Yeah, but but. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like it it's a progression that makes sense. We just didn't see it happen. That he goes from he got dicked over on the planet because of organics, and then he <laughs> arrives back on Cybertron, where everybody's probably still a vehicle, a plane, a jet, or things. And then he just it's like, screw it. I hate what I am. I hate these organics. I shall crush them. He does. Well, or at least he sets out to. It's like, oh, Megatron. I'll find out more about that later. Yeah. I like yep. these machines, Megatron. Yes. Well, of course. I mean, like him, you hate organic life. Yeah, it's true. I, I am known for my dislike of... Hey, I, I said before when, when Beast Wars first came out, I was, like, really weird about it and was like, it's ruining them by making them less robotic. So, yeah, I'm I'm feeling them here. Yeah, that's... Oh, I, I said I wasn't going to spoil, but... It's, and, and I will not, although I already kind of have about Megatron, but it's like, th- there's a character motivation dynamics. There's problems with some characters in the show, but Megatron is one I don't have a problem with, even though we don't see how he got there. I'm just looking forward to seeing them try to explain it a bit more, because it does seem very yeah, sudden. I don't remember if they explain it. I think there's some explanation, but... It's been so long since I've seen it. I think there is, but... Yeah, don't... Well, I'm looking forward to experiencing this again. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when I was first going into it, I was going into it with the mindset of, Oh, yay! Season 4 of Beast Wars, and they're going to be back on Cybertron, so there's going to be so many more robots around for them to interact with. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> so I probably came in with exactly the wrong expectations. Yeah. <laughs> I I had gotten, you know, I had heard about it at BotCon, so I, I had a fairly decent idea the, of those what I was going into. Those are understandable expectations. I, I guess at this point, I, I was expecting that, well, it was a limited cast on Beast Wars. Maybe it'll be a bigger cast on Cybertron. A little bit. Oh, it's not. It's even smaller. Oh, well. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, but certainly, it's been a while since I've watched this, but I really enjoyed this first episode. It, yeah. It, it looks great. It uh, there are mysteries. Um, there's some really good action. We didn't go into the action a lot, but the fight scenes are really well choreographed. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. fight scenes are mostly actions to get them to run away more which it's pretty much the episode monkey sees signs monkey finds companions monkey runs away monkey falls it down hole monkey gets upgrade honestly that's always been kind of a complaint about beast machines is so much of it is just running yeah and Certainly, it's the it's was up to the time the most serialized Transformers show yet, and I'd say it's still the most serialized American show. Yeah, 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 I'd agree. It is so much about running down hallways from evil robots that it could be confused for Doctor Who. Wait, <laughs> how do you mean serialized American show? Do you mean just serialized Transformers cartoon? Yeah, serialized yeah. Transformers show, okay. not American. Yes, R- versus say something like Master Force, which was very heavily serialized, but not an American audience show. Mm -hmm. 
or even the Unicron trilogy shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sadly. Like, this, this is like the first chapter of a book, this episode, and I think in that, as such, it works well as that. I like yeah. the Enmediores start. It was a real treat to see the uh, Season 1 Beast Motes again. Yes, that was nice. And everything is gorgeous. So. Yes. yes. Lighting, yeah. shadows. Oh, beautiful shadows. All right, so I think that should about do it for the reformatting. So please join us next week for Master of the House, doling out the charm, ready with a handshake and an open palm. <laughs> Um, okay. Some Canadian thing. No, it's uh, it's from uh, Les Miserables. It's a French thing. Oh. Oh. It's a musical uh, thing. Yes. They made a movie of it. It had that that Borat guy singing that song. Ew. Uh I just know that the movie had Hugh Jackman in it. Yeah, it was uh, was Wolverine versus Gladiator. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And apparently uh, Russell Crowe's singing in that is depending on how you view it, either amazing or horrible. Oh, it's terrible. How is he in a band? <laughs> saw that movie in the theater. Well, maybe he just plays instruments? I don't know. Maybe. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the front man for that band. Oh. Because he I doesn't guess, have the you know, ego to not be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a good actor. Just, oh. Hugh Jackman's I, a good singer, though. I yeah, like oh, yeah. the singing that it's terrible, but it's terrible in a possibly ill-advised creative choice kind of way rather than a technically bad kind of way, I think. This is possible. Yeah. Like, and it's ridiculous because his singing is all, like, almost the French equivalent of if someone tried to make a song out of just the call part out of call and response marching chants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am sorry for this know, derailment. <laughs> you might also know Master of the House from the uh, Seinfeld episode where George uh, gets it stuck in his head and inadvertently passes it on to uh, Elaine's terrifying father, played by hulking character actor Lawrence Tierney. Uh-huh. It's a good episode. It's, a, it's one where Jerry has the, the suede jacket that has, like, the hideous uh, old-timey popcorn box interior. And he has to... <laughs> it, it's a good episode, anyway. Uh, also a good episode, a Master of the House, which is our next episode. Okay. Yay! But hopefully we'll find out things. Yes, we will find out, uh, like, a couple of things, maybe. <laughs> cool. Anyway. You get more uh, Megatron, that's always good. Until then, uh, you can find us on the Oracle supercomputer, or, if that's not available, uh, possibly a computer made by Oracle. Do they make computers? I actually don't know what they make. Don't they make servers? <laughs> uh, they, they do make, like, uh, server products, yeah. and then they also license software and... They're currently the owners of the Java language because they bought some okay. who also made uh, computers. Okay. Yes. I knew they were a computer company of some sort and that Larry Ellison hates Bill Gates. <laughs> and Larry Page. Yes. And Larry Davis. So anyway, uh, until that time, if you can't access the Oracle, then uh, you can find us on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash stasispod, and on Twitter at at StasisPod. Our RSS feed is hosted by IaconUnderground.net. We are a listener-supported and self-supported podcast. Uh, So we do have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. And we also have a... uh, uh, We're also available on iTunes, if you prefer that. And while you're there, uh, please rate and review us. 
And if you'd like to tell us how you felt about these machines, and I know that you have strong opinions about it one way or the other. Yes. And I don't yeah. think that anybody's all, uh, these machines, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's fine. It's okay. That was, it was all right. Yeah, they're the, even yeah, we, nobody we thinks that way about bees machines. So please send us your hot takes. <laughs> yes. Although keep them spoiler free. Yes. Try to. If you want, feel free to write. Feel free to write hot takes that correspond to different points in continuity and send them to us with like episode numbers marked for what they have spoilers for. Yeah, that's a good idea. Send we'll us your. Send us your seventeen-year-old hot takes. <laughs> Possibly at this point they'd be lukewarm, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh, well, they may still be very, very hot, depending. <laughs> still scorching hot. Yeah. Hot as a mainframe pudding explosion. <laughs> <laughs> so, until then, the seeds of the future are buried in the past, and I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Forever and it never makes sense. Wait, what phrase is that? Seeds, seeds of the future, future lie buried in the past. It, it... Okay. Why is it linked to seeds? Well, you know, you because know. plants. Seeds. Yeah. Because they grow a bunch of plants later. Yeah. And actually, yeah. they need a plant who is a person. Oh, oh, I love her so much. She's yeah, my favorite. And also, it does lead to one of my favorite lines in the series, in which uh, Primal's infected by the hate plague and tells Chidor, forget the seeds of the future, I'm going to bury you in the past. Oh my god, I forgot about that, but now I remember it, and I don't know if I wish I'd had or not. I mean, that episode's terrible, but I like that line. Yes.